this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Chrissy Kinsella, welcome to Music Stories. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks so much for having me. No, you're you're very very welcome. You're the CEO of the London Music Fund. Yes, I and, am. Okay, tell me what the London Music Fund does, please. Yeah, so we are an independent charity with the Mayor of London as our patron, and we came into existence in 2011 to address very specific gaps in music education provision for children in London. And the two main um, programmes that we run are um, for children from low-income families to be able to access instrumental tuition. Um, So we have a scholarship programme, which is a four-year award given to children at primary school who have shown potential and commitment in learning a musical instrument, but whose families can't even afford for them to continue learning at that point. So through our programme, they they get access to instrumental tuition, um, bands and ensembles, orchestras. They have a mentor, they have an instrument if they need an instrument to take home. Um, and it's it's been a hugely successful programme. And we also do other kind of wider collaborations and projects. So we have partnerships which are between professional arts organisations and schools and music services, which are addressing any issue that they've identified within their local area. So we funded things like musical theatre projects or a brass project, or, you know, a, we've done a rap project down in Croydon. Um, and we've also recently started working with YouTube Music on our Amplify London programme, which is working in out of school settings. So things like youth clubs and community centres, working in music production, music technology and that kind of thing. But yeah, we've been going now for 12 years. 12 years? 12 years. <laughs> so, so you're busy then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've only, we, we're very proud of what we've achieved. We had our 10th anniversary, um, finally able to celebrate our 10th anniversary in 2021. And we had a huge gala concert at the Queen Elizabeth Hall on the South Bank. Um, and we brought together over 200 young people from all, all you know, 10 years of, of the programme. And it was just a, a, a huge success and so amazing to see the impact that the programme has had on those children's lives, you know, 10 years on. Mm. So those children then, um, presumably they have to do this uh, with you through their schools. How does that work? Yeah, so it goes, um, there's some. There's, there's a network in the UK, well, in England really, of music services, and they are local authority-led, mostly local authority-led music services or music hubs as they're now known. And they work in partnership with schools um, to provide music education in schools, but they also do out of um, out of school um, orchestras and Saturday centres and things like that. So we work in partnership with every London borough um, and they nominate children to us every summer based on, well, based on how much money we've got available at the time, which we can get onto in a minute. Um, but they nominate children to us that they've identified through their network of primary schools as having potential and commitment and showing real interest in music, but not being able to afford um, to carry on. And then the delivery is through those local borough music hubs. So some of it's in school, some of it's out of school, some of it might be on Saturdays. Um, But it's the idea is that they have a two hour, we say at least two hours a week of musical activity, um, but that can be in school, out of school, down the road. 
up the chimney, you know. Okay. And <laughs> um, what's the most popular instrument that you find Ooh, there? That's really interesting. I think it's violin. I think it's, really? it's because, yeah, violin. Hang on, I'm going to have a look now because I've got this written down somewhere. Um, the majority of children that we work with come through something called the whole class teaching program, which is a government subsidised free tuition in school program. So every child, every primary school child in England has at least, um, well, it's meant to be at least a year of tuition within a whole class setting. So that's 30 children all learning an instrument at the same time. Mm -hmm. It used to be the recorder. You may remember that we all learned the recorder. Um, (laughs) But nowadays it can be anything from, you know, violin, flute, clarinet, cello. Um, So the majority of children that come through our programme are learning traditional, um, you know, orchestral instruments. So I think I'm just looking at this. 27% play the violin, 11% play the cello, 11% play the trumpet, 9% play the guitar and 8% play the clarinet and then others we have flutes we have keyboard players we've got a couple of we've had a couple of djembe drummers in the past so it's it can be any instrument that can be learned within an ensemble but Mm. yes the violin is the most popular by far That's that's amazing. Uh, I have to say that some, you know, playing the violin badly is the worst kind of torture to your ears. Isn't it really it? is. Yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> Being a beginner on the violin is really, really hard, actually. <laughs> I say that as someone who plays the violin badly. <laughs> right, well, we'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did, um, I got as far as grade three piano. Um, and, and that was useful, but um, it was a very, very long time ago. So, uh, yeah. so it's, it's irrelevant these days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But we've, we've supported over 700 children in the last 12 years through that scholarship programme. That's amazing. Um, we're aiming to do another 100 this summer. Um, and of course, you know, as the cost of living crisis increases in the UK and around the world, more and more parents are seeing music as a luxury. Um, and we we passionately believe that it shouldn't it shouldn't be. Yeah. What's the benefits uh, to the child for learning? Oh, yeah, I mean, there are so many research reports around about um, the the impact of music education, you know, it, not just the social and um, emotional impact. It builds teamwork skills. It helps with interaction with other children. It helps them widen their networks into, you know, in meeting young people and families that they wouldn't otherwise um, come across mm. but it also you know there are lots of reports that say it helps academic attainment it helps with concentration helps with reading helps with can help with maths I was never very good at maths so I'm always slightly dubious about the the maths and music link there but um you know it just the, the most important thing that we see when we work with these children is the incredible sense of confidence and pride that playing a musical instrument gives to them mm. um, and being selected for our scholarship program you know they feel very they feel very very proud and I believe really strongly that raising aspiration in children and young people, you know, regardless of whether or not they might go on to do music in their lives in future, giving them that basis on which to build their confidence and to raise their aspirations can have an impact on their lives, you know, in numerous ways. Mm. And we see it in the wider families as well. You know, we offer children tickets to concerts and, and um, access to workshops at venues that they wouldn't necessarily Go to, we do our summer um, graduation at the Royal Academy of Music, for example. Mm. And um, I feel very strongly that that we're taking children and their families into these spaces and making them believe that, making them feel that they belong in these, in these you know, posh venues, for want of a better word, that they might not necessarily believe um, they, you know, might be for them. Mm. Um, 
it's really it's a really important aspect and one of the parents once described our program as looking through a kaleidoscope which i thought was so beautiful wow. <laughs> it was kind of like all you know this world that opened up to mm-hmm. to her child and the, and their family and um you know the opportunities that were available to them so that's brilliant do any of the children get uh, qualifications or anything like that after yeah studying? so we do we work you know we suggest that they take musical grades so you mm. can either do there are numerous different grades like you were saying you got to grade three so we we kind of expect them to make progress at about a grade every every year so if they start at grade one we'd like them to be at around grade four or grade five when they come to the end of their four-year program mm. Um, and then the idea is that then they can do GCSE music once they're at that level of proficiency. They, there are other funds available to support them in their learning at that at that point. But, you know, a number of them, like I said, do go on to do GCSE music. Um, and one of the wonderful things now is we're seeing our first cohort from 2011 going on to university and going on to music colleges and conservatoires. And in some cases, they're graduating already, which makes me feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> but very proud, I should imagine. Very, very proud. Yeah, this year we've done a pilot scheme, um, which we're calling Senior Scholars, in which we've worked with 10 young people who took part in our programme over the years, who are now aged 16 to 19, and are intending to go to um, university or, or conservatoire to study music at a high level. And we've worked with them this year, and they get a grant to, to pay for anything <coughs> that they need. You know, it could be an instrument, it could be travel audition fees, that kind of thing. But we've also been working with them as mentors to some of our younger children and they've been coming to workshops and doing education training. And it's been so it's been so rewarding not just to see them thrive as as young musicians, but to see them thrive as mentors to the younger children. And I remember this group of children when they were at the beginning of our programme, when they were, you know, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, um, in some cases. And it's yeah, I feel like a proud parent. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Okay, so where does the London Music Fund get its funding? Well, this is it. So we raise all our money from philanthropic donations. So we have a combination of trusts and foundations income. We get some money from the Mayor of London, who's our patron from the GLA through their grants programme. We work with a number of corporate sponsors um, like Google, as I mentioned, and ABRA-RSM. Um, and we have a very, very generous network of individual donors who support our scholarship program. Um, but we we have to raise around five, six hundred thousand pounds a year from from scratch, basically from zero every year. Wow. <laughs> and of course, you end up being a victim if you're in success. So you have a good year and then you think, crux, got to do it all again. Um, so it is incredibly hard work. We have a very, very supportive board of trustees who are very, very good at fundraising and understand enormously the importance of that. Um, but yes, we're always we're always looking for um, friends to support our program. We've got a new monthly donation scheme, which is anything from five pounds a month upwards, um, and you can join our join our friend scheme and become one of our network of friends. That's, um, that's a very yeah, good idea. I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. yeah. So it's about four thousand pounds a year, um, four thousand pounds in total to support one of the scholarships in full. And as I say, we're very lucky to have a number of scholarship sponsors who who do that. But we're also trying to grow our network of smaller, um, smaller regular um, supporters. So that's why last year we launched our when we had our tenth anniversary. In fact, we launched our friends scheme, okay. which is growing very slowly, but it's it's growing. Well, that's good. It's all worth well. And as our supermarket yeah. says, every little helps. Well, exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> what sort of uh, events do you hold to raise money? Yeah, so this year we're doing a couple of, we're doing concerts. Um, we've got one next week, in fact, 
showcasing our senior scholars that I just talked about, and that's at the Mercer's Hall in the City of London. Um, they've very generously given us that space for free. Um, and yeah, it's uh, uh, now that we are, you know, 10 years old and we do have these young musicians playing at a very high level, we're able to showcase them and to do more musical fundraising events. Um, occasionally we do, you know, we do some lunches and corporate dinners and things like that. But this year we're focusing on the musical aspect. So we're doing we're doing the concert next week. And then we've got our big scholars workshop in July with our graduation, which is at the Royal Academy of Music. So. Yeah. Very nice. We're very lucky to, we've got a number of ambassadors, um, high profile musicians who um, do fundraising for us uh, and they occasionally do fundraising concerts for us. And in fact, Yolanda Brown, I don't know if you know Yolanda Brown, who's an um, amazing saxophonist. She was on um, Celebrity Bridge of Lies last weekend, raising money for the London Music Fund. And we know that they won something, but we don't know how much, but that was very nice. <laughs> Fantastic. And, um, yeah, so we, and we've got other ambassadors like Nicola Benedetti, the violinist, and Simon Powell is one of our ambassadors. Well, I was going to mention Simon yeah. and, and, yeah. and his other half, Lauren as well. Lauren, yes, yeah. So they, they came to us through one of our trustees um, and they're immensely supportive, actually. Both of them um, support our scholarship programme and he's also an ambassador and sent us a video for our gala concert last year um, and he was on a boat in the Caribbean and <laughs> it was one of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, and that, the children would, that, would, that would be his boat. Yeah, probably. I mean, it was it was like a rowing boat. It was a very small, small boat in like just off the beach. It was it was brilliant. I'll share the video with you. It was on our social media channel. Well, maybe it. maybe he's downsized and sold the yacht. He sold the yacht. Maybe. He bought a rowing but, boat. Yeah, it was it was one of the best things I've ever received in my inbox. So. Fantastic. Okay, um, what would you say to somebody listening to this episode? Um, about um, music in general and uh, maybe they've got children who yeah. they'd like to get involved with music what would you say to them well if you i mean the best way to get your child involved in music is to to track down your local music service so your local borough music hub um and they will be able to tell you exactly where to start um if they're not already learning in primary school and we know that music in schools can be very patchy so some schools have much better provision than others um but you know, sometimes it can be scary for parents if you have absolutely no idea what the world of music mm. entails. Mm. But um, yeah, just take those first steps and, and contact your local borough music service because it really is, you know, the friendships and the social activity and the confidence and all of those extra benefits that we talked about. And just, you know, I think learning a musical instrument is something, one of the few things actually that children have to work hard at to be good at. Um, and, and, you know, the feedback that we get from them is often, you know, I've learned that it's okay to make mistakes. I've learned that you have to work hard at something. I'm very proud of myself for passing my exam. You know, they know it's not something that is necessarily gives them immediate gratification, but the rewards are enormous once they... Yeah, if they stick at it, like anything really, yeah. you know. And do, exactly, you, do exactly. you find that children, uh, you know, they, they come home and they say, oh, my friend's learning the trumpet, I want to learn the trumpet now. Is yeah, it, they work yeah. Like that? we've yeah. had some parents saying, please don't let me play drums. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> even even a violin would be better than the I drums. I know, I know. Well, gosh, yeah. Fantastic. Now, I understand talking of violins... <laughs> there's there's a little link for you. Yeah. Uh, that you are a violinist yourself. Well, I am. I mean, I trained as a singer actually, so I do that 
um, I went to I went to music college and did singing, but I did play the violin up until about the age of eighteen, and I really I wasn't very good. This is what I tried to explain to people. I really wasn't very good. I also played the piano, um, also not very well. But um, I I got to about grade five, which is kind of you know medium level. Uh, and about five years ago, I just decided I was going to join an orchestra, <laughs> <laughs> having never played the violin for twenty years. Didn't even own a violin of my own. But I just saw this orchestra down the road from me, the South London Symphonia, and they were like, come and have a go. And I thought, yeah, why not? Did you, and, did you um, have to sort of sit at the back and play very yeah, quietly yeah. to start Hopefully with? they didn't yeah. make me audition. <laughs> if they made me audition, I, they, I, that, I wouldn't have stood a chance. But, um, yeah, it's it's a brilliant orchestra, and they're, they're so welcoming, and they let me sit at the back of the second violins and kind of mime. Um, but also, I've, I've become a trustee of the orchestra, so they can't get rid of me now. Okay, well, that's that's good. That's, that's good to support. <laughs> but it, you know, it goes to show, actually, that you know, once it, it, it's always there, and and um, I I think I like to tell myself I know enough about the violin to know when I'm wrong and out of tune, which okay. is fairly often. But at least I know when to not. I know when to not play. When to stop. Stop, <laughs> to for stop. heaven's sake. Exactly. I'm going to miss that bit out because I can't play it. Now how about um, how about the baby violin thing called a ukulele? I read somewhere that you're very good at that. Oh, I once, yeah, I once took part in a Guinness World Record on the ukulele, which was the largest number of people playing the same song on the ukulele. And, and it was in London, I think it was 2012, maybe, 2011. And we, we played Sleep John B., Mm-hmm. And there was something like 900, 922 people. And we briefly held the world record um, until it was surpassed by, I want to say Japan, a year later with something like three and a half thousand. Wow. Did, you get <laughs> so, any, did you get any feedback from the Beach Boys? Yeah, no, sadly not. <laughs> I don't know. They should have been there. Right. But it was great fun. It was great fun. Okay, yeah brilliant. but i do a lot i mostly do a lot of singing in my spare time so i seem to and i'm so glad now and now in this post-covid world we can we can do it again um you know it's it, it i think what that showed us was we can never take these things for granted really and hmm. and now that we can make music together again it's uh it's yeah. wonderful yeah it's good Chrissy, thanks very much for talking to me on Music Stories. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank um, you. And telling us all about the London Music Fund. The website, if uh, our dear listener is uh, interested in supporting you, is londonmusicfund.org. So that's easy to remember. And uh, good luck with the future. And um, maybe we'll have another chat uh, further down the line uh, about how things are progressing in the future. That would be nice. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Tony Lloyd, creating audio and film worldwide.